This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. You're listening to the Wharton Sports Business Show on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM 111. Welcome back. This is the Wharton Sports Business Show on Business Radio Series XML 111. This is George Perry. Um, we just had a great conversation with Sally Jenkins of the Washington Post regarding uh, the USOC and their roles and responsibilities in taking care of the athletes. We're now going to switch gears and talk a little soccer because Major League Soccer uh, season is opening this weekend. Um, the New York uh, team, I believe, is now that's a different New York team. So the Red Bulls home opener is next Saturday, March 10th. Um, um, but I don't know if they have an away game this weekend. We will ask Mark de Grand Prix himself, uh, the general manager of the New York Red Bulls and Red Bull Arena. Um, also in 2015, the MLS executive of the year. Mark, uh, it's probably the last time I'm going to try to pronounce your last name, if that's okay with you. <laughs> no problem. Thanks, George, for having me. <laughs> Um, welcome to the show, and and we really really appreciate you coming on board. Uh, you guys pretty pretty fired up about the the start of the season here. Yeah, we're excited. You know, when Champions League uh, Thursday after Thursday night, we have our second uh, leg at home here against the Olympia team from Honduras. So hopefully, we can advance and head into the quarterfinals of the Champions League, and then we kick off our season as you said at the Red Bull Arena on March 10th against Portland. And we're excited about what we've done during the off season, and uh, just uh, just about everything around the club. The the youth on the team, uh, on the commercial side, the the momentum we're seeing with our partners and, and the business. It's uh, exciting times to be with our club and MLS. Fantastic, and you know it's interesting that the first thing I want to ask you is just if you could give our listeners a, a little bit about your background. And I'm I'm particularly fascinated because if if I understand correctly, you were you spearheaded the entry of Red Bull into North America. Um, and then you switched over to to the team itself, and I've always just wanted to know how the heck did Red Bull pull it off to have an entire professional franchise nickname be be their name, be a corporate name? I mean, that to me is amazing. But so maybe you can weave that into to your background there. Yeah. So listen, I I was fortunate enough to be one of the the first few uh, individuals to be uh, part of the Red Bull team in North America on the marketing side, and. Um, you know, in the late 1998, I, I joined the company, and then uh, from there, helped build out the business uh, on the East Coast. And in 2008, trans, uh, 2006, excuse me, I transitioned to the soccer team. And I'd say that you know, our owner, uh, I'd give him all the credit here for for having the the foresight and sort of the vision to invest in the sport in 2006 and really, uh, I'd say, put his money where his mouth is and, and want to be part of the growth of this game. And in 2006, invested in the New York franchise, bought it and rebranded it uh, New York Red Bulls. And um, when you think of a brand name that could be also leveraged for a sports team, it, it made sense to keep the, the brand name for the team. It's dynamic. It's a, it's a great logo. And uh, talk about leveraging uh, the power of the brand to uh, now enter the sports world, and it's 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 part of us, you know, the brand developing a, a portfolio of clubs around the world in various sports. Uh, and this was to, to be one of the first ones in North America to do this. I think you have to give all the credit to the uh, founder of Red Bull for for seeing way ahead of the curve here. Yeah, and it's it is interesting. Well, it's, uh, first of all, you're right. The the, the fit for 
Red Bull and for soccer team, it's it's perfect. And um, I, I think there's other teams around the world that that have been named after companies, but uh, but that's kind of was rare in the U.S. You didn't see base, you know, Major League Baseball or, or NFL teams that that were named that way. So um, I think that was kind of new here in North America. Um, talk, you've got you know you're the you're the general manager of the, of the Red Bulls and the Red Bull Arena. That to me sounds like a really big job and and. Uh, with a lot of responsibilities. Can you give us a little sense of kind of what your role is and, and what those responsibilities are? Yeah, when you think about, you know, uh, managing a, a sports franchise, it's everything from uh, the operations of the arena. Obviously, I, I, I just happen to have the title of GM, but there's a great team around me that, that actually uh, executes and gets this job done. But So management of the operation of the arena, so everything from food and beverage, security, day-to-day, turning the lights on and making sure everything's ready for the team when we play and keeping our fans safe. And then, you know, ticket sales, marketing, finance, HR, legal, uh, partnership marketing, and our youth development programs and the operations of the team. Um, those are all things that we were engaged with every day on a day-to-day basis. And it's, uh, I don't think you can say that there's one day that is um, absolutely the same in sports, right? When you deal with a a business where the product is I don't want to say unpredictable, but you can't guarantee uh, a performance day in, day out, right, week in, week out. So you're, it's an interesting business to be in, and it's challenging. And uh, as the GM, we've just got to make sure that everyone is going in the right direction when it comes to our focus as an organization, driving the culture forward. So there's a lot of things that are, are more, um, I'd say, soft uh, that are part of my role, basically leading the organization and making sure we're all on the same page. Uh, instilling a great culture for the staff, for our fans, and making sure that everyone is held accountable to certain standards. You know, it's, you mentioned a, a, obviously a wide wide range of, of activities. One that that caught my attention was the, the food and beverage side on on the uh, the arena side, particularly because we had a conversation with um, uh, the general manager of, of the Mercedes Mercedes Benz Arena down in Atlanta, and they've yep. uh, you know come come on with with the lower cost uh, food options and. And, and things like that and wanted wanted to kind of understand what your fan experience is like and whether or not that's something you do as well or something that you guys are considering based on some of the successes they've had in, in Atlanta. Yeah, so when you talk about our fan experience, you know, uh, holistically, we, it's something that as an organization, it's our number one priority is to make sure that whenever a fan comes to our building, they're greeted with a smile. When they leave, they're greeted and uh, thanked for coming in with a smile. Um and when you think about that, we've been recognized as uh, the best fan experience in all of professional sports by J.D. Powers two years in a row now. And part of that is our food and beverage. Uh, you know, we're very affordable in the metro area. I think we have the most affordable food and beverage of any sports venue. So that makes it much more palatable for families to come and enjoy our matches. Um, and then when you think about the experience pregame, we have an amazing fan experience uh, where the kids can interact with various games. And we have a beer garden for the uh, the adults here, and sometimes we have live music. And in the building, as I said, we we pride ourselves in making sure the building is spotless, that everyone is engaging, and fan services uh, are readily available. So folks come in here and have a great experience. And we provide a product on the field that's entertaining. Our team is dynamic, always attacking, never sitting back. So it makes for a really dynamic experience, and our venue doesn't have a bad seat in the place. Uh, you come into our 25,000-seat stadium, and you can sit anywhere, and it's a great seat. So it really makes us unique in the marketplace, and it's, a, it's an affordable, great fan experience for the metro area. 
And and if I understand correctly, too, uh, a big part of that fan experience is, is kind of your relationship with the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you guys do a number of social responsibility and, and philanthropic initiatives. Can, can you talk a little bit about those and how you engage with, with the fan base? Yeah, we think it's important as an organization, right, uh, in the metro area that we are part of the community and we, we make them part of our story and we're part of theirs. And we invest a tremendous amount of literally hours in being in the community and we think it's it's absolutely important that we are committed to it. It's part of our core values. Um, and we want to make sure that we honor uh, folks in our community on a daily basis. But we do a lot of things from 11 days of service. So every year, uh, the week of 9-11, our staff goes out uh, and does 11 different um, community relations activations in the marketplace in New York and New Jersey. And the amount of hours that our staff puts into it, and voluntarily, right, we don't force anyone to do this, but everyone in the organization participates and we support, you know, anything from building a new home, uh, shelters for those who are less fortunate. Uh, And we work with our partners with Bayer, with Horizon, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Hackensack, HSS, to, to really give back to local community because it's it's part of our DNA and it's important for any organization nowadays if you look at professional sports any business uh, I think if if we're not thinking about the local community we're not being um, it's just something that we have to do as an organization and we believe in it and it's it's truly important and we've I feel like we've done a good job we've we're one of the few venues in the country that has a um, a sensory room, right? I think there's two uh, professional sports teams in North America that have a sensory room for those with disabilities. So if you come to one of our games with a, a family member, a child, an adult who has some sensory issues or developmental issues or some disability, and it gets uncomfortable for them, you can come up to this sensory room where it's quieter and relax, and your other family members can still enjoy the match because you can see the field from this sensory room. And I think uh, it's, you know, we don't, we don't talk about it. We also act and make sure that we are accessible to anyone and all people. That's fantastic, and, and certainly much better than the uh, than the jail that I think the Eagles had at the old Vet Stadium. Here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess there was a lot of sensory stuff going on there, but it wasn't. But that's yeah. awesome. That's that's terrific, and and that's terrific what you guys are in the community. Now you um you you moved over to the team in in '06, and then you but you mm-hmm. took over this position in '14. Um, how, how has how has the, the 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 organization and the league, in general, kind of uh, evolved uh, since since '06 in the last you know eight to ten years or ten ten or eleven years? Yeah, I think in '06, right, it was still a nascent league. It was a young league, um, and we were sort of a fringe league. And now you come you fast forward, you know, almost uh, you know ten years, twelve years later. Uh, the business has matured. It's progressed. Uh, the attendance has kept growing every year, right? We've seen a, an average of 15% increase year over year since 2014 for uh, the average attendance across the league. So that's just tells you the interest, um, not only from fans, but from corporate partners and local communities has grown drastically. And I think since I've come on board, the shift has been culturally internally here is really driving a message of unity within the organization, right? In most sports organizations, you have the sports side and the business side. And here what I've really tried to do is bring both together and unify them. So we're all on the same page. We all work towards the same mission and we all understand where we're going every day. So part of my work over the last four years since I've returned is really uh, driving 
transparency, open communication between all departments, and ensuring that everyone understands they play a role in growing the game, right? Um, if we don't do our job on the marketing and ticket sales front, we don't provide a great experience for our players when they walk in the building. And if we don't do a great job providing a fantastic experience for our fans, um, both on and off the field, we're not getting ahead of the curve here. So I've really driven that message across the organization. And we have a wonderful leadership team and an entire organization that has really believed in that message, has embraced it. And you've seen differences on the pitch, off the pitch, our business has been booming. And our fan base is getting younger. We're engaging more fans every year. And I think that change has really galvanized the organization. And it's correlated at the MLS. When you look at the MLS now, you know, I think there was a recent Gallup poll that uh, with 18 to 34-year-olds asking them what's their favorite sport to watch. And I think MLS increased 11% year over year while the other major leagues are all declining with this obviously very important demographic. So uh, the expansion has been phenomenal for the MLS. As I said earlier, the attendance has grown and partnership revenue has gone through the roof. So you can see that the league has matured. It's in solid footing and it is going to become one of the premier leagues in North America and globally. So, you know, you, that's awesome that, that the league is growing and certainly a lot of people um, look at soccer as, as a growing sport in this in this country. Um, the one thing that, that you mentioned that, that did pique my interest here, because I have worked at organizations like the Washington Redskins, and I'm currently at uh, working in UPenn Athletics and mm-hmm. uh, have worked at the Washington Freedom Women's Professional Team you, you, uh, Soccer. You, you talked about getting the sports side and the business side to kind of the, the unity between those two. Is there anything mm-hmm. specific you've done to, to be able to make that happen? Because having been in those organizations, that's not an easy thing. I mean, that's... You know, the, 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 the sports side says this is what we do. Our whole job, our whole focus is just the, 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 uh, the on-the-field performance while the business side is kind of the periphery there. And, and to bring those together, if you've been successful at that, that that's, there, has to be a, there has to be a secret there that you've got. Yeah, I, th- I think it's, it's really simple. I think it comes down to the people, right, as you know in any organization, right? It comes down to the folks in the organization. But you clearly have to define uh, the values that are core to the organization, and then the standards, what you expect out of everyone every day, down from how we communicate, how we treat each other, how we um, support each other. And once you instill all those values, you bring in folks that not only believe in them, but live them and embrace them every day. And you see the change happen organically after when you have the right folks. So it starts by bringing in the right team. And I can tell you that from from our sporting director, our coach, to everyone on our leadership team and everyone across the organization, we are very meticulous when it comes to interviewing uh, folks and making sure that not only they have the technical skills to do the job they're supposed to be coming in to do, but most importantly, are they going to be a great cultural fit? And that is one that I will not let anyone slip on uh, once they're going through the interview process, right? Someone may not have the best technical background, but if they've got the best attitude and they will be a great cultural fit, we usually see great results when those folks come in. Uh, if we have someone with a great technical background but doesn't, you can tell, will not live our values, then it just doesn't make sense and won't be a fit, and it's not fair for anyone. So I think it comes down to having great folks, having clear core values, and defined standards of how we operate every day, and, um, and you bring in folks that uh, live those every day, and then the, organically you see a shift in the organization. And ultimately, I keep telling everyone, it drives results to the bottom line. 
without a doubt. When I got here in 2014 and where we are now, it's it's a different organization that is going in the right direction, that is much more f- fiscally sustainable, financially responsible. Uh, on the field, we've been much more consistent. Uh, look, our coach, it's, a, it's the only coach in the organization's history that's starting his fourth season with us. So consistency with the right folks at the right spot, uh, I think, breathes success over time. And we have to build a long-term foundation here that's going to help us grow for years to come. So you're listening to the Warden Sportsman's Show on Sirius XM 111. This is George Perry on the phone with Mark de Grand Prix. Did I get that right, Mark? Perfect. Nice. You see? Second All right. charm. I, I said I was going to try, but I, I did try, and I think I got yeah. it. I actually have a little French background. It sounds, sounds French. Is it French, or is it more... Yeah, French-Canadian. Yeah, I grew French-Canadian. up in Gotcha. Um, so it's de Grand Prix. There you go. All right. <laughs> um, anyway... Um, how, just out of curiosity, how big, you know, you were talking about all the people and, and, and bringing the culture. How big is the organization? How many employees do you have? So full-time, we have about, I think it's now 125. And then if you had part-time staff, we go up to close to five, 600 with all our youth program coaches. You know, we have the largest youth development program of any professional sports team. We have about 130 part-time coaches in the community coaching uh, young kids to play, and we touch about 45,000 families through that. And then on game day, obviously, with the stadium and all the operations, I think it gets up upwards to three to 400 folks uh, all in that uh, it takes to operate this franchise every day. And you and you you talked a lot earlier about kind of the, the growth of the league and, 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 and some of the successes the league has had. Where do you where do you guys stand in that? How are your like how how are your ticket sales? How are your sponsorship sales? I mean, where do you guys fit kind of in the in the league? Are you one of the leaders, the top dogs? So in ticket sales, I think we're in the you know we're in the top half. I'd say the top quarter uh, of the league. Um, we've seen tremendous growth. Like last year was a record year, right? We averaged over twenty one thousand fans a game. Partnership revenue were definitely you know in twenty fourteen. I'd say we were the bottom of the league and now we're inching our way back up and we're going to we're probably uh in the top five or six in terms of uh partnership revenue and we we, we only see a tremendous runway in front of us to keep growing that and adding value but we're very methodical here right if you come to our building it's clean it's not a logo graveyard everywhere we really focus on bringing in partners that quite frankly, mirror some of our core values and the way we operate and put a tremendous emphasis on community, right? Every partner we have is, we're committed to them and they're committed to us to really do some some great work in the community. So, you know, we're, we're methodical here and we've made some tremendous stride. Our, our partnership revenue over the last four years has, has more than gone up 300, 300%. And our ticket sales every year have been growing almost uh, 10 to 12% since I've returned. And Slowly but surely, we're going to be at a sellout, you know, in the next 24 months. Hopefully, we'll be uh, looking at consistent sellouts at the arena. And that's just a sign, I think, of the times in the New York metro market. When you look at the competitive environment, our attendance keeps growing and growing every year. Um, But we're dealing with, you know, 10 to 11 other professional sports teams. We're dealing with an entertainment landscape that is cluttered with options for anyone with uh, looking with, with disposable income that's looking to, to find entertainment in the New York, New York metro area. And soccer is taking a bigger share of that wallet uh, consecutively every year. So we're, we're excited. And I think there's going to be a generational shift. Like you see all these young kids or these millennials who grew up with soccer, who played soccer now, they're going to fall in love with you know the local franchise and hopefully be with us for the long term. 
Fantastic. Well, um, so we are getting to the end of the show here. I had several more questions, but uh, but we are towards the end. So, so Mark, I really want to thank you. Um, you're, you're the first game here, or the first home game is, is uh, March 10th at March the Red Bull 10th. Arena. Absolutely. So we invite everyone to come out, experience the arena, and realize why we've been, you know, Name the best sports experience in sport by J.D. Power. You come in here once, and you'll you'll want to come back. It's a great experience. Fantastic. Well, again, I, I, w- I would love to get up there and check it out. Mark, I really appreciate you joining us, and uh, I appreciate to have you time. again sometime. Thanks. Thank you very much, George. You've been listening to the Wharton Sports Business Show on Sirius XM 111. Join us again next Tuesday at 4 o'clock, and be sure to listen for the replays. See you next week. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.